You're listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kamajis, a licensed clinical social worker with a multi-state online therapy practice. I have a passion for empowering women and mom therapists to break free of the fear, overwhelm, and oppressive systems that hold them back from taking action and building the private practice of their dreams. My goal is for you to boldly believe in yourself as a clinician and business owner. If you're looking for a place to learn practice building strategy and skill while also claiming your own power as a woman and a therapist, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the show. Hey, listeners, I am very privileged and excited to have my guest on the show today. She's a colleague and a friend and someone that I have come to learn more about and know really well over the last few years. My guest today is Shayla Peterson. She is a psychotherapist and the owner of Control Shift Balance Mental Wellness and co-founder of the TheraLeague Society. Shayla's mission is to help women achieve a healthy work-life balance while making a greater impact and increasing their income. Through her own personal journey, Shayla discovered the benefits of prioritizing herself and wants to inspire other women to do the same in all areas of life. When she's not in the therapy room, Shayla can be found empowering others through her journal, Hey Sis, 40 Days of Encouragement and Self-Reflection, teaching professional and personal development course, or spending quality time with her family at the beach. Shayla, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me, Ashley. I'm excited to be here. So to give a little backstory for those who are listening. So Shayla and I lived, I think at the time I was in Louisiana, maybe you were in Tennessee when we first- I think I was in South Carolina then. South Carolina, okay. It was only a couple months ago, like literally maybe two months ago that we finally met in person, but we have been- therapy friends for like four-ish years. And we met through Instagram (laughs) back when we were both starting our practices and have come full circle to where we are today. And ironically, we live 10 minutes from each other. I know that is crazy. I think we definitely have to have that conversation with Amber as well. Like, you know what? We connected um, via your program and IG. And here we are living just minutes away from each other where we can have dinner and talk all the things, entrepreneurship, motherhood, post-military life, or, you know, all the things are military life, uh, which is all just a special thing within itself. All of these things. Yeah. So I always start off asking guests how they got to where they are. You, you wear many hats, but you are a licensed clinical social worker, therapist. You have other kind of entrepreneurial endeavors that are part of that. So like, how did you get into the field of social work and therapy and what kind of led you there? Yeah. So it's so funny because I still remember being a kid and saying like on the playground, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a doctor. You know, I'm going to get a doctorate in psychology and I'm going to be a therapist and I'm going to help people. Right. And if you have a conversation with any of my friends, I go, Shayla was always talking about relationships and people (laughs) and different things. And they were like so annoyed by this. They just wanted to be kids. And clearly I missed the memo. Um, (laughs) And I remember thinking like, okay, I'm going to have to go to school for a couple of years um, to get this doctorate in, you know, psychology or whatever it may be. And I um, got a bachelor's in psychology at Cal State University, Long Beach. And then I realized, I was like, wait a minute, there's a social work degree? Mm. And I can provide therapy and get licensed and all the things. 
And I was like, you mean I don't have to get a doctorate? <laughs> Not that anything's wrong with it, but the idea of just like going to school just yeah. more for years and I was all for it, you know? And so I've worked in foster family agencies. I worked for DCS, you know, I've worked in private practice, group private practices. And it's really been a blessing because um, when my husband and I got married, we met in college, but when we got married, of course he's in the military. So we've been moving all around, but getting the degree in social work was a game changer for me um, and getting licensed because it allowed me to move around with ease with my husband's career and still mm. make sure that I prioritize my goals, my career, and the things that I wanted to do to help and fulfill my purpose. And so um, that's kind of just like how it is. And I've worked with, like I said, different people and most of the group that I really enjoy working with is women. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when we say professional women, that's really broad, but in a sense, those women who are just like go-getters, you know, they're ambitious. Um, they may have their own business. They may be running a corporate office. Sometimes yeah. they have children, sometimes they don't, but they're going after it. And sometimes they have some of that anxiety inside and they just need to like push to do some of those things or to realize how powerful they are. Yeah. And so that has been really great as I read empower women, empower women behind Yes, <laughs> Yes, exactly. That's like my mantra. That is, that's my, my heart. So I know we share in common, we've collected licenses over the years as military spouses. When did you start to say, I want to do my own private practice? And then I think you started completely online too, Mm -hmm. when you went that route, what was a turning point for you to say, it's time to do my own thing? So I would say it started when I was in Tennessee. So I was part of a group practice there. And then actually I was the assistant director and I knew we weren't going to be there long, right? Military life. We knew we were going to have to leave. And I remember when leaving there, I was like, oh, it'll be great if I can still work with you guys, but online. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And we just couldn't really figure it out. So anywho, I moved to South Carolina. Um, I got licensed there before we even moved there. So yet again, here, another license. Right. (laughs) And and I was just like, okay, I really want to do my own thing eventually, uh, but I do not want to take insurance. Mm-hmm. I was like, I do not want to take insurance. I just want to have a private practice. And then um, I ran into Amber Lida. She had like a whole video on how to have an online private practice. And this was in 2019. And then that video was so informative. I was like, I need structure. That was just like a 90 minute sure. video. And then I saw she had a course. And yeah. so I took that eight week course. And I think before six weeks, I was up and running and had clients already coming and I was working with my ideal clients mm-hmm. and it was just a game changer. And then of course, everybody wasn't privy to like online therapy either right. at that time. That was like, it was almost as if we were speaking of something unheard of. They're like, right. you don't have an office for me to come to. No, we're going to meet online. I'm going to send you a link. And I was like, I guarantee you're going to like it. Let's try it out. You know, at this point, yeah. you're like uh, therapeutically selling them on something. Yeah. And it turned out um, really well. And so here I am, but this will be four years this July coming up that I've been in private practice and serving women who are experiencing um, anxiety with my licenses and the different states that I've collected from being a military spouse, as I yeah. say. There's some people who intentionally want to get different licenses. That wasn't my plan. It happened because we moved around. And so now I also teach other clinicians. Um, I also have a course on that too, of just like how to navigate multiple licensure, how to keep up with your hours, you know, and how to even market because it's more than just, I want to serve this new state too, you know? 
Yeah. Oh, for sure. Have you found that being on your own and like doing your own thing for me, it's so empowering, right? Like going back to that piece where I can point to this thing and be like, it's mine. I've done this. I've created this thing for you as a mom, as a military spouse, did you find that it shifted things for you lifestyle wise or balance wise? Do you feel like having the online practice or working for yourself has given you the opportunity to have more balance in your life? Or has that been a hard thing to navigate? No. And one of the things that I was just thinking too, is just like balance has always been in the storefront. I've mm. left jobs because they really weren't promoting balance, even though they may have said it. Right. And so I, even when I was um, the assistant director with the group practice, I didn't work Fridays. And I was very clear about my schedule, days that I was off, or I was like, hey, the daycare is closed. I'm not coming in. Don't schedule anybody on that day. Or if my child was sick, I would pick her up, you know, come back to the office and go, I'm going to finish this into the half of the day. And then can we call and cancel the rest of my client? So I've always been very clear about what my priority was, especially with my husband being in the military, because, well, he can't leave. He can't leave (laughs) on post (laughs) or he's deployed or any of those things. So that that has always been a priority. And then moving into South Carolina, I found a job that allowed me to have that flexibility as well. But I still desired to have my own practice because of who I wanted to work with. I didn't want to work with people that they told me I had to work with. Yeah. So it was just another area of balance in terms of how can I be best utilized, right? Yeah. How can I use my gifts really for good, for like not in for me, but for me in a sense, not for another company. And so that's how my practice came into play. And I love that I get to make my own hours, which I was doing before because I was very clear at no matter what. So really when I talk about balance, it's, it's a part of you already. It's about where you're going to put it. Where am I going to express this in these different areas? So having the practice is really no different from when I worked for the other companies. Yeah. Well, it sounds like for you, that is a boundary you've, I don't know if it's an, if it's naturally come to you or you've had to really work to make that a priority for you, but that that is something that you have identified as like, nope, this is a non-negotiable for me, regardless of where I am or who I'm working with or for. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that's a great way of putting it that it is a boundary. And even with the women that I work with, or even all of my, I guess, ventures and businesses, we talk about the balance framework. And that B, so I use the word balance, that B stands for boundary. Where are we putting this boundary? What do we keep saying yes to or showing up to where we know that's that's not for us? It's not a space for us. And is it aligned with our values. And so the next one is the A, and we talk about acknowledging our feelings. A lot of times it's women, and depending on what kind of household you grew up in, you're not even talking about your feelings. When I grew up, you didn't have no space for feelings. What? You feel what? You're fed? You have roof over your head? What are you talking about? You sad? Yeah, Yeah, you're mad? Oh, well, you know, it wasn't that. So I'm really like reprogramming a lot of people of just like, hey, let's tap into that. Let's identify those. It's okay for you to feel it, right? You know, so we talk about acknowledging your feelings. What can we let go of? Do we have to do all the things? No, we can delegate a lot of that. Now we can delegate laundry. We can delegate social media. We can have a VA. Hey, these kids, if kids can get on a computer, they can empty out the dishwasher too. Right. (laughs) Right, right, right. 
Oh, we can delegate to the kids, our husbands, they can do pickup. Yep. So really the delegation or even connecting with other moms where you can swap. Hey, I dropped the kids off. Can you pick them up? You know, I'll give them breakfast. If you can do the snacks, any yeah. of those things, collaborating, right? Um, letting go of some of those things. And then of course, the other A is aligning, you know, with our values, being in alignment because it feels good. When we're out of alignment, it doesn't feel right. We don't feel like our walk is natural. None of that. And the end is now we've changed. It used to be no, but most recently I was like, it's the non-judgment. A lot of times we're judging our thoughts, our feelings. And it's like, what if we just accept them as is? What if it's just that I have on a dress? It's not an ugly dress. It's not a beautiful dress. It's just a dress. And we can do that about our days too. Even those tough days, it was a day. Tomorrow is a new day. We don't have to keep judging. As soon as we put that judgment on it, it's going to shift our mood to maybe somewhere we don't want to go. Yeah. And so using that, and then the C is cultivating compassion and the E is envisioning that future of a balanced life. So if I, I'm literally going through those daily through yeah. all, of my, all of my domains of wellness, right? Yeah. Not there. It allows me to do a shift. Like, what do I need to move around? If I look at it as a cargo ship, what do I need to move from the right side to the left side? Or what do I need to go into the port and drop off? That might not be my thing I need to carry today. We've all been told we need to network in our private practice, but no one actually tells us how to do it or what to say. Enter Comprehensive Connecting, effective scripts that expand your networking community and actually fill your online practice. This free guide will give you effective scripts to connect with fellow clinicians, medical professionals, and community stakeholders to build strong networking relationships that will help fill your practice. In this guide, you will get tips and tricks for building relationships that will lead to referrals in your practice, real life examples of messages used to connect with referral sources, and customizable plug and send scripts for your specific practice needs. So download your free scripts guide today by going to bit.ly forward slash comp connecting. I think one of the things I know I definitely have experienced this at different places in life. And I think a lot of us, I mean, the pandemic is a perfect example where like you have no say of what's coming, like where, where the cargo is moving on the ship, right? Where all of a sudden you're like, I didn't put that there, (laughs) right? Like, and stuff gets really out of balance. And I'm wondering, especially in motherhood, it can at times just feel overwhelming. I saw this thing on Instagram yesterday and I was like, oh my gosh, you're speaking to me. And it was talking about like, you aren't an angry mom. You're not like this mom filled with rage. You're overstimulated because you have a three-year-old that has said mom, 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 70 times in the last two minutes, you have the TV blaring, you have a dishwasher that needs unloading, right? You have work that you still have to do and you're just overstimulated. And I think our world has become very overstimulating in a lot of ways. And when you are trying to balance, I'm in mom mode, I'm in work mode, and they can blend and overlap a lot of times that, like I said, the cargo ship can can be tipping. And I'm wondering if you have a tip or recommendations of, we would love to be able to be like, I'm just clearing it all out and we're starting from scratch, but that's not always possible, how do we start to, you know, maybe tip the scales or slowly move things over so that it's not this greater sense of overwhelm of like, now it's one more thing I'm trying to do. 
So one of the things, especially as moms, our list can get really long, right? Especially as working moms. And then if you want to add on the entrepreneurship, and then if you want to add on it um, as you're being, a, as I call it, the independent mom, because maybe dad is away, all of those things, our list can get pretty long. And the list is actually what's overwhelming our brain. Yeah. And so really cutting it down to just three things. Now you may have 20 things on your list that you need to do. And they may be small things like little stuff, like, all right, I got to pick the toys up from the dog. I need to, you know, make the baby's bed or throw a load of laundry in, but pick your top three things that you're going to do. And that's, what's on the paper first. After you complete those three tasks, then we add another three tasks, but we're not seeing any more than three. Now, what does this do? It cuts down on the overwhelm. The second thing that it does too is now we have this sense of completion. I'm a big fan of small wins, right? It doesn't always have to be something big. The big win doesn't mean that we've completed everything on the list that day. Like it's these small wins that add up and you're just like, wow, I feel accomplished. I did those three things. And I know for me, I'm more apt to do them quickly when it's only three things. If I see 10 things on the list, I'm just going to sit there. I'm, a, I'm like, mm, maybe later I'll get around to it. But seeing those three things, I'm like, oh, I can tackle this real quick. Yeah. I have an hour. Oh my goodness. I can empty out the dishwasher, put the dishes in, get it going and then move on to something else. So when I see the three, it's not as bad as seeing this long list, although we love long lists. So I really want to change the game about women and men looking at lists on what it is that they have to do. You have to have several sheets of paper, but don't look at the other sheet until you finish those three that you have on there. So, you know, that's one. The other thing is we have to create more opportunities for margin in our day. Hmm. We love to pack our day from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. Did you schedule a real lunch? Did you schedule a break? Something along the line, like where's the cushion to if you fall? What if something runs over? What if you just get tired? We have to create those margins. And so I think for clinicians who may be hearing it, that margin could be maybe your sessions are 45 minutes instead mm -hmm. of 53 minutes. Yeah. Maybe it's a 908-34 instead of the 37 now, right? Yeah. Because we need that margin to go use the bathroom, eat a bagel really quickly, and actually take your time doing it, whatever it might be sure. to change that, right? So creating more opportunities for um, margins. Um, and so those would be my top two. That's typically just what I share is margins in a day and doing just your top three things. Yeah. As you were talking about the margins, I was like, yes, that's what I've been, you know, needing because, you know, my husband and I were even talking about this recently, just with stuff changing with our family and with a kid going from daycare to kindergarten this next year, and it's going to be different schedules. There's just going to have to be some things that I pull back on my schedule in certain ways. And like, I'm actually okay with that, but really what it's doing is creating margins. It's creating that space for the unknown, creating space for the unexpected so that it's not just this constant state of putting out fires <laughs> internally and externally, right? <laughs> Of just going from one thing to the next. Exactly. I mean, I think we really undervalue how powerful having, you know, that margin is because we're used to probably working for companies that stack you day, yeah. all day long. But if you're running your own business, you know, if you're a mom, you get to create that margin, even for the kids. When they were younger, didn't we set aside time for them to take a nap? But we don't set aside time for us. It doesn't have to be a nap, just any downtime, sure. whatever it's going to be. 
I tell my clients, I was like, you should have at least, and I know it's going to sound extreme, three hours of downtime somehow. And that can, and this is how you can steal it. Here's the pro tip, right? Get up out an hour earlier. That whole hour can be yours. I get up mm-hmm. at five in the morning. Why? Because no one else is up in my house. It's quiet. Mm-hmm. And I do my balance 15 as our balance hour. There's 15 minutes of stretching, yoga, something along that lines, 15 minutes of meditation, 15 minutes of reading a book. And then there's 15 minutes of journaling. So that all adds up to an hour. So yeah. that is my balance more every day. Yeah. Every day, right? Not a weekend. I may sleep in a little bit, but I have even more time on the weekend. I'll get more than an hour. Yeah. So it's the hour there then. The lunch, that's that's debatable for me, right? I'm still struggling in that area. But at the end of the day, once I get my daughter here and situated, I literally go outside and sit for an hour. I make mm-hmm. a nice cold iced lemonade, whatever. And I have to relax because I have to separate from all the things. And then I can come back, help her with her homework, put that dinner together, whatever it may be, answer all her 10,000 questions that she might have. I know all the moms out there, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yes. All the 10,000. Do you remember when you were seven? No, I don't. I don't remember <laughs> yesterday, honey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I need that time. And then if you have a partner that's on board with that, they even know, he just goes, hey, and then he walks out and then he'll check back in later. Like sure. I need that we have to have that downtime. And so one of the things, even as I'm thinking about it is when we talk about, you know, reducing like the adrenaline we have in our body, that anxiety, we need rest, we need relaxation and recreation. And so we have to make time for those things and we have to be intentional about it. If not, you're going to feel the anxiety at the end of the day. You're going to feel like you just going and going going like that motor running or we say you keyed up you're gonna feel it if you don't if you're not intentional about fixing that right one of the things you and I were talking about before we share a lot of similarities in life we are moms we're both therapists we also have other entrepreneurial endeavors outside of the therapy room we both have been married or are married to military. Well, we both are still married to them but one of them's retired yes military service members And I think one of the things that, you know, at least I can speak for myself and I I think it's similar for you, for me, creating some of the margins has been venturing into other things besides that one-on-one therapy, because like I said, I need more margins in my, my day and in my life, just with my family's needs and, and my own needs too, right? Like it's a lot to sit in therapy with clients. Not that I don't love it, but you, you just need some of that space. How have you used some of the other kind of adventures, I'll call them, that you've gotten into to create some of those margins for yourself or have they filled the margins? I, you know, maybe, maybe they have, <laughs> I don't know exactly for you. No, they have. Cause that's the purpose. And even if it's not as much margin as I would like, it's definitely getting there. And so one of those things that I do, I talk about this a lot because I do work with therapists as well. And, you know, we talk about ways that they can become digital CEOs, um, have memberships, create products and books and, you know, all the things um, that can require them to do more, or I shouldn't say require, but that allows them to do more of Mm. one-to-many work opposed to -to one-to-one. Because guess what? That one-to-one is going to burn us out. If we even have a caseload of 20 that you see weekly, that's 20 hours of your week, right? Every week. That's not even notes. (laughs) 
Whew, that's a whole nother <laughs> game. Thank you for that reminder. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's not even included where me selling the Hey Sis book, right? And it's not that I'm just selling a book. I'm selling also an experience of like, hey, are you ready to like reflect on your experiences? Mm -hmm. Are you ready to like really start like jotting down your emotions, you know, in between your therapy sessions or Mm -hmm. you just haven't made it to therapy yet? And so what a great way to extend who we are professionally to either create a book, I have a membership for therapists and this was birthed out of the pandemic during that time. I was doing therapy, of course, like from my home office um, and even before the pandemic, actually. And I was meeting with therapists. You were one of them. We would mm-hmm. get on on Mondays and guess what? Yeah. My, my membership, we still meet on Mondays. I have not let that go. So here yeah. we are three years later, still meeting on Mondays. But now instead of me meeting eight therapists all day long on a Monday, I get to meet several therapists at once yeah, and actually receive some reoccurring payment from it, which makes it awesome because I get to share the skills that I know, also get to have my self-care because I'm taking a break and being intentional about it. My social wellness, I've grown my network. I'm continuing to connect with them and yet again, get to share my skills along with my business partner too. So we get to be intentional about the time that we spent. So that's, there's the book, there's the membership, there's courses. And then most importantly, now it's like, I've been teaching other therapists that they can do this. You can have, I like to call it life work balance because I'm not working first. I'm lifing first, right? I do not want to be controlled by my work. So my life work balance is I want to teach other therapists, how can they expand their mental health business and have their own membership their way? What a great, there's no, there's no rules. You create it how you want. Like we both have memberships and I guarantee you your membership structure and setup is completely different from how their league society is. Yeah. And yet there's still awesome communities empowering yet again, women doing awesome things and exchanging ideas. Like this is great. I get excited. Right, right. (laughs) Well, and I think this is where like the empowerment piece comes for me of encouraging listeners that you can do that. I think a lot of times I see this with so many therapists and and even just women in general, like we ask permission where we don't have to, where like, am I allowed to do this? Yes. Yes. If you want to do it, you can do it. Right. Like, I mean, there's things obviously like within our therapist hat, right? Like, no, you can't do that, but there's a lot that we can do. And, you know, to ask yourself, am I asking for permission because I genuinely don't know the answer to this or because there's some kind of internal dialogue going on there or I'm afraid of judgment or self-judgment or shaming or whatnot, but that you can do this, right? Like, and, and to your point that you can create that balance where you want to, where you need to, not because somebody else is saying, well, this is the kind of client you have to see, or these are the hours you have to work. You get to call the shots. I get to call the shots. I have consultation. Everybody who comes to my door, I still do my consultations. Um, Usually I have a 90% turnover rate in terms of meaning that they decide to do therapy with me. They're using their, um, well, they can't use their insurance with me, but even if they thought that they were, they end up, you know, transforming to like, Hey, private pay can be a good choice. Sure. Um, Because, you know, I know that I can offer them what they need. I can help them. They're going to feel some relief you know, yeah. with a quick turnaround for that. And then that if they're not a good match for me and they want to use their insurance that I can refer them to someone else 
that I also have courses that can be helpful to them. Like, okay, sure. let's conquer those negative thoughts. How can we be more mindful? Having alternatives, we have to think outside the box, I think a little bit, mm-hmm. but if we're working 40 hours, it's hard to think outside the box because you don't have the brain capacity or the time because you work 40 hours for someone else and you got to turn around and go home and be mama and wife. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And when there's not that space, you know, to again, have the margins, then like, where are you supposed to have that downtime? And I think to remember when you are working for yourself, we're so used to the 40 hour work week. <laughs> That's what like has been ingrained in us for so yeah. long. And that going into being a business owner and an entrepreneur, yes, your hours are, may look different. I know like I worked late hours for a while cause it worked well for me and it's what I needed and what my family needed, but I didn't work then at any time during the day, right? Like it's just what I needed, but it doesn't also have to mean 40 hours is 40 hours direct contact with clients. You don't have to do that. You can find a schedule and and a system and a balance that works for you, a balance between therapy clients, an additional endeavor or your family too, right? Of where, where this all fits together. Yeah. And those, if, you know, if you're listening to the podcast and if you're also part of Ashley's membership, that meant you also got the scrolling with purpose and, you know, your brand is showing up and it's just like, what a great way to utilize your extra endeavors to show up on social media that way as well, you know? Um, And I think that's been really helpful as it relates to like promoting the other things that I'm doing, whether it's the membership um, whether it's the book, whether it's courses, whether it's connecting with other people and consulting. I also do consulting. Sure. So I help other mental health businesses, you know, get their back office straightened up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So I really enjoy that because once again, those can be things I can do online. I don't have to be present for that. The sure. membership, I can do that anywhere. I can be on the beach having a meeting yeah. with my folks. Now, some of these things we can't do with therapy. We right. And so when we talk about things being balanced, well, if I see 10 therapy clients, but then I have X amount of people in my membership, I sell this or I do that, that makes my ship run so smooth. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And the cargo is um, shifted, not just to one end and that the, the ship is tipping. And right, riding. we're not tipping. <laughs> then we got to move real fast, like move things over. And so that's another thing too. And I don't know if I said it in the beginning, but even when I talk about balance, like there's folks who go, there's no such thing as balance. And I'm mm. like, You're right, I'm not going to argue with you. Mm. But the way I look at it is that the balance part is us recognizing when things are off mm. and having wisdom to move things around so we can feel right. Because if you keep operating that way, when things are off, we're going to be out of alignment. Now that's going to affect our well-being, our mental health, and how we start to show up for all of those other things that we have to do. And burnout is just right around the corner. Right there. It's next. Yeah. Yeah. Shayla, if our listeners want to learn more about your work or about your offerings or connect with you, where's the best place for them to find you? 
The best place would be Instagram. That is um, probably where I spend majority of my time connecting with others. And I don't spend a lot of time, but that's the time that I, yeah. I feel like it's easy to connect with others and you yeah. can hear a lot more of me. And so my Instagram page is control shift balance and that is C-T-R-L shift balance. Um, and that is a great place to connect with me. And I look forward to connecting with you guys. I always love chatting with you and I'm so glad that I get to share you with the world, I know. <laughs> my listeners, um, and just, you know, how much I enjoy you and your presence. So thank you so much for taking time today to, to share your wisdom and your experience with us. Yes. No, thank you for having me. And I'm looking forward to our in-person lunch again. Yes. <laughs> we need to get on the calendar. <laughs> yes. Get on the calendar. But um, yeah, I know there's some great therapists out there doing um, some awesome work and they're looking to, you know, how can they keep that balance, right? The life work balance and, um, you know, have some reoccurring income and there's opportunities, there's things out there. So closed mouths don't get fed, say something so we can help. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Think outside the box and don't be afraid to do so. Yes. (laughs) Thanks so much, Shayla. Thank you so much for listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. Check the show notes for all links and resources mentioned in the show. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, be sure to share it with your therapist friends. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave your five-star rating and review. It truly means so much to me and will help us get our message of empowerment out to other women and mom clinicians. And I'd love to connect with you in our Facebook community. So check out the show notes for the link or head to bit.ly forward slash raise to empower to join us. I'll see you back here next week.